Johnny, do you think tuberculosis is still a thing in the world? What is that? Tuberculosis? Oh, uh, lung disease. <laughs> what did you think I said? <laughs> to you, just, the way you said it was just that. Uh, okay, because I had to read, I had to get my TB shot for my work every four years. I have to like get tested for tuberculosis for some strange reason. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, "Have you been out of the country recently?" Because I guess I thought we cured tuberculosis. So how do you catch it? I think you're right. I think it is like a lung disease. It's kind of like a pneumonia, but it's like contagious pneumonia, I think. But I just, like I left, I got out of work and then I went to the clinic where my girlfriend works because she's like the receptionist slash like medical assistant. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, the perks of dating somebody in that field, she was able to kind of rush me through the entire thing. So I was there, I, there, I got there, she had me fill out forms and then I got my shot and I was out of there like in less than 15 minutes. Which, if you've ever been to a doctor's office, that's incredibly fast service. She literally took my information and then had her friend, like, go give me the shot. Which is that little thing you see there. So, I guess in two days, oh, I see in two days, I'll find out if... I'm pretty sure I don't have it, but I have to do it every four years yeah. for my work. And then, so, like, in two days, if it's red, that means I have it. If it stays kind of like that, that means I'm, like, negative. So, I was curious to see... I thought we cured So, that. you have to do it... Specifically because you're a teacher? Because I'm around kids, yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's catchy and all that stuff. So I thought that was one of those things we got rid of. Like, uh, what was that thing that FDR had? Polio. I thought it was like one of those things we got rid of. But apparently not. Anyways, this isn't a medical podcast. Nor is it a... That's all I got. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the DuoSense podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Orozco. Join... By the badger of the high desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count. They said that video games have changed. They want to know how he feels about it. Then <laughs> the unnecessary one, Johnny. Hey, what's up? I'm trying to integrate that still Dre reference into like every intro, but it's hard for me to keep it's up. It's not working out. It, it, you know what it is? It's because everything else I just say, but that's clearly like a song lyric. Mm-hmm. So I, I like enunciate it differently and it kind of just throws me off. So I think I'm just going to drop it as much as I want to use it. I'm just going to drop it from now on. How you been, Johnny? I'm good. You been keeping busy lately? Yeah. Enjoying a horizon. We'll be talking about that later. What about, what else have you done? I saw, I saw like the yard looks like life is coming back now, right? We're almost done with winter. Yeah, all the all the leaves are on the ground. Had to blow that into the trash. Uh, you actually have like a leaf blower? Yeah. Oh, so that. it's it's a little bit cleaner back there. Some of the uh, I got my my uh, what the hell are they called? I don't know. Little fuzzy ones. They're peaches. Oh, peaches, my peaches. Yeah. The Peach flowers fuzz. are starting to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to plant my mammoth sunflower seeds. So I got to make space for all that stuff. Is that the same sunflower that you had like last time? Yeah, like the ten footers, where like it cannot support itself and it starts falling over. Yeah, the head starts falling over. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I gotta make space for those, plant them. Um, I just tend to like throw seeds on the ground, and then the seedlings comes out, come out, and then I just separate all of them. So you're not like methodical with like, let me dig a little, let me you know finger a hole into the ground and like every no. five inches kind of thing. I have so many seeds. So if you did so many seeds that I just till the ground and it doesn't matter, them and then I just cover it all up with soil. Oh, okay. And then once the seedlings come up. They got to be separated, so I give them about a distance of four. Okay, so feet. then you do the separating thing. Yeah, calling the. Well, I, don't, I don't separate them, but I yeah, I call them. I I get rid of everything that's in the middle of those two. You right. Know? So I pick the the best ones, and then everything else is just gone. I pull it out. 
You're like, you're like Thanos, right? Where it's like yes. it's like genocide. Or oh, Thanos. You're like, oh, but it's fair. It's, I think it's not. It's random because it's like whoever falls in between, like it's too bad for you. Right? Well, it kind of is fair because if I don't get rid of some of them, the other ones won't grow, and the ones that they'll grow suffocate, produce they'll more like, seed. Kill each other, right? Like suffocate, not suffocate. They'll like um, like their roots get entangled and like. Yeah. What do you call it? Is it suffocating though? Right? There's another term for it. I don't know if it's suffocating. They basically choke or... each other, like nutrient wise. It's probably a nutrient thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that'll be fun. Watching those things grow into these like eight foot. Are you gonna try blueberries again or no? No, because that didn't work out for you, huh? No, I I got the vine sitting in the corner, but they they don't really yield enough. They don't propagate. Yeah, same thing with my uh, grapes. They yield these little tiny things. They taste great. They but do. They taste grape. They taste great, yeah. <laughs> but they uh, a good pun. They just don't get large enough for for it to be like enjoyable i'm starting to wonder if that's like a gmo thing like maybe you just don't have like superior grape quality it's either that or it's, it's something in in the soil because it's a, it's a high desert it's not like sunlight's clearly not the issue neither is water i imagine right yeah so i don't i don't have the richest soil out here although yeah. I'll, I'll get a go to home depot and buy the stuff that i need miracle grow that's not enough because it's a massive plant mm-hmm. and it spreads out and it gets everywhere and i'm probably not Getting the soil where it needs to get. Mm, okay. But, uh, interesting. I, you need, see, I need see, to get a cutling for me. You need to get a cutling for me. What's a cutling? Like a piece of like the vines I can grow it myself. Yeah, try it out. See, I don't know how that works. but It's like with other plants where you cut off like part of like the stem or whatever. Then you just like grow it separately. You know what I mean? It becomes like a new plant. Yeah, we'll try it out. I don't know. But you have to be specific on where you cut it. I don't, I don't know where that is on my probably mind. like the end wherever the grapevine ends yeah you say you were gonna get your own little garden started right? i am yeah i spent last i've spent this past weekend uh cleaning out my backyard for like the first time since i moved in and like these last three days i've been so sore from like my lower back to my ass to my like thighs to get my... because i have to i was bending over so much that Wait, like your back your lower your thighs and yeah basically like all of my lower body from behind is sore that sound mm. that sounded weird. That sounded exactly. weird. But anyways, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna Are you gonna do the potatoes? I'm gonna do potatoes this year. Or did you give up on that? Cause that didn't work out for you either. Because you didn't follow my directions about potatoes. No, I started growing, but I didn't I didn't harvest them. You're supposed to harvest them when like the leaves on the top like start to brown, which is like takes yeah, a couple I didn't months. Get to that stage. Alright. Anyways, Johnny, this is not a gardening podcast. Although so you know, let's 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 put that on the back burner. Maybe we'll get around to that one day. Probably not, but we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, we have four interesting uh, stories for this week. Um, it's funny though because we were putting together this uh, episode, and I'm like, oh, Johnny, I don't think enough stuff happened. And I was like, Oh, ho, 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 there was enough stuff that did happen. I just forgot about it. Johnny, we have a new street, a new challenger approaches mm. with Street Fighter Six. Um, let's just read the article, shall we? After uh, this comes from IGN stories by Matt Kim, a name it's easy for me to say. After six years and two updates, Capcom is finally moving on from Street Fighter V. Thank God, it has officially announced Street Fighter VI. As teased through a countdown website, Capcom has officially announced Street Fighter VI following the end of the Capcom Pro Tour Fighting Game Exhibition. The countdown was supposed to end at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, but remained locked until the end of the stream. Capcom says more info for Street Fighter VI is coming out this summer. The short tri- uh, short teaser revealed a beefed-up Ryu. He looks like super wide. I don't know if you've seen it. He looks very wide. 
as he faces Luke, the 45th and final character for Street Fighter V, who was teased to be in the sequel. Announcement for Street Fighter VI also coincided with the 35th anniversary of the franchise. It is older than me, Johnny. Capcom also announced the Capcom Fighting Collection, an anthology of 10 classic titles including the full Darkstalker series. The Capcom Fighting Collection will be released on June 24th, 2022 for PS4, Nintendo Switch, Steam, and Xbox One. The next game in Capcom's marquee fighting game series will follow one of the most turbulent entries in the Street Fighter series. The initial response to Street Fighter V was tepid, though subsequent updates like Street Fighter V Arcade Edition and Street Fighter V Champion Edition were better received. Development on Street Fighter VI was partially leaked during Capcom's massive data breach, so we talked about that before, Johnny, alongside the other games like Dragon's Dogma 2, which I am way more excited for. Street Fighter VI will be developed without the involvement of longtime Street Fighter producer Yoshinori Ono, who left Capcom last year after almost 30 years with the company. All right, Johnny, you nor I are Street Fighter experts. But you know who is a, an expert on Street Fighter and all things fighting games? Who is? Our man, Joe Castellanos, over at the new podcast. Let's see if we can get him on the line for now. I don't know if he likes it when I call him, like when we're recording or not, but we're going to find out. Joe, 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 where are you? Why do I not have him? Oh, you know what? I always forget to add him to my contacts. I just know his number. He's like the only person who I know by his number other than uh, like other than his actual name. All right. Let's see if we can get Joe on the line. Probably going to be busy. Both we'll stages. Let's see. Is he going to come through, John? I think he's less than likely just because of the timing. It's like 5 o'clock. For sure. He's probably not even home yet. We can have some cutting to do. Nah, this is fine. This is fine. Unless, unless he doesn't answer, then I might have to. Come on, Joe. Come on. Come on. You know what? He's probably going to call back later on. Oh, he. At the tone, please ah. record your message. When you finished recording. All right. He's probably going to call back before we finish this episode. That's okay. We'll talk about Street Fighter. Okay, so Johnny, you, I mean, I know Street Fighter as a kid growing up. Street Fighter 2 was a big part of the Super Nintendo, right? Super Street Fighter 2, the Street Fighter 2. What's the, what's the one that's like faster? Do you remember the one that was called fast? It was like a faster version of Street Fighter 2. Super Street Fighter 2? I think that's what it was. That was like a big part of my childhood because our cousin Alan had that game. You remember Alan? He had that. Yeah. And I just remember playing that a lot uh, when he would come over and stuff. So Street Fighter, not a big thing. Um, my friend Angel is a big Street Fighter. Oh, maybe I should call Angel. He's here. He had Angel on the line. He that's the only he doesn't play video games, but he does play. That's like the only thing that he plays is Street Fighter and Resident Evil, both Capcom games. What does he play it on? Uh, PS4. Now he has a PS5, so he might play it on that. But uh, you know what? I don't think he's an answer either because he never answers his phone. Like regardless, you can only text him. So never mind. Forget it. We're not gonna call Angel. All right. So Johnny, do you have any thoughts about Street Fighter Six? Uh, this is funny because this was one of those games where like remember when that Capcom like breach happened. Not only did it show Street Fighter Six, but it even showed like later versions of Street Fighter Six as part of the breach. So there's gonna be Street Fighter Six. That's crazy. So a lot of people might hold back on purchasing. Like they already know the initial game. Yeah, because they already know that the first version of Street Fighter Six is not gonna be like the the complete game. That is interesting. Like it's like they already have it planned out. Like now we're gonna have Street Fighter Six, and then we're gonna have another version, and then we're gonna have another version, and then we're gonna have the final version. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not a huge Street Fighter Six fan. I mean, Street Fighter fan in general, but yeah, I, really I do have love played, for the series. I haven't played a Street Fighter since I don't know, dude, since like the first PlayStation. Do you remember our cousin Hugo in Mexico? I remember we went over once. He had like Street Fighter Alpha Three on the PS One. Uh, was with the PS One with a little screen attached to it? Or do you don't remember that? Of, like the little boxy screen? Yeah. No, not really. Oh, you know what? You didn't go with us that time. No, I honestly, I don't. I don't know too much about Street Fighter. I remember playing the original ones. Did you ever see the ones, original but... movie, the old one with with John Claude Van Damme? Yes, I did see that. That was cool. That movie was so I cheesy because I was a fan of John Claude, of course. That movie was so cheesy. So cheesy. Oh yeah, Johnny Joe talked me back. Uh, let me just second real quick. We were trying to get your SF six expertise for the pod but i don't <sighs> let's let's put this story on the back burner for now Giants. let's move on to the next one shall we something that we actually can talk about and that is the surprising numbers that uncharted the movie is doing at the box office this article comes from business insider written by travis clark Uncharted beat expectations at the box office, but needs staying power to become a rare video game movie hit. Written by Clay and It says Sony's patience with its long-awaited Uncharted movie, based on the hit PlayStation video game franchise, seems to be paying off. After several delays... Yeah, wasn't this movie announced like a long, long time ago, now I think about it? It was. Okay. After several delays, the movie finally hit North American theaters over the weekend and beat industry projections. It opened with $44 million domestically over the three-day weekend and $51 million over the four-day President's Day's weekend. Oh, he's at... Oh, he... Guess what he's doing right now, Johnny? Hint, I'm like literally just talking about this right now. Uncharted. He's watching Uncharted with his son right now. Okay, cool. I'm gonna say that's funny. We're literally talking... We're That's funny. We're literally talking about Uncharted right now. Ignore this part right here. Talking about the movie right now. All right. You guys can bear with me for this real quick. It's just the tapping. All right. I'll leave it there. So he's clearly contributing to the story, John. He's clearly... He's contributing to that $44 million opening. No, wait. No, it's not an opening anymore. We're on Wednesday. Okay. Anyways. And $51 million over the four-day President's Day weekend. Box Office Pro's chief analyst Sean Robbins previously projected on Wednesday that Uncharted would open with $30 million over the three-day weekend and $35.4 million over the long holiday. With a $120 million production budget before marketing expenses, the movie's box office hold in the coming weeks will be the true measure of its success. But it's off to a strong start and has so far earned $140 million worldwide. Uncharted faces little competition this coming weekend. Then the Batman arrives on March 4th. Are we going to watch that one, Johnny? Or are you not sure? I don't know. Were you able to hold Because, you know, you have a thing about movies, like especially the theater experience. Like, Were you able to hold up with it or not really? No, it was fine. Okay, was so, cool. so then maybe we'll watch Batman. I'm not that, you know, I'm not the biggest Batman fan, but... I kind of want to watch it just to be like part of like the culture about talking about it. So I'll probably watch it anyways. Uh, Sony, which also released Spider-Man No Way Home, has topped the domestic box office for seven of the last ten weekends since No Way Home opened on December 17th. Actor Tom Holland starred in both. That's true. That is a statement of fact. He has he, he's been Spider-Man in the charted. Uh, and then it kind of goes into like stuff about like let their, uh, about Venom and like other Sony stuff that's not a part of bar. Yeah, that is not a part of this story. 
uh johnny so we both saw uncharted opening night not on friday on friday right came technically comes out thursday midnight but we saw uncharted friday night we both left the theater with our different take no we i think we kind of agreed on our takeaways from the film what do you i think we kind of talked about what was the strong stuff what stuff we liked what we didn't like do you want to kind of just like reiterate on that like so we both gave it a seven and a half right yeah but i'd say like about seven and a half yeah yeah so it's a fun film it's it's very loosely based on Uncharted. I think we both agree that when we saw the film... It's more Uncharted it, 4 than anything else. Yeah, but if it didn't have the name Uncharted, it could be like any film. Well, that's the thing, though, because Uncharted is... The movie is... Uh, it's a movie of a video game that already kind of paid homage to other movies, like uh, Indiana, Jones. Indiana Jones, mostly, right? Yeah. So it's like... Doing the conversion from a movie to a game back to a movie, like, it's it's already, it's another reskin of, like, the Indiana Jones formula, basically, right? There's, like, there's nothing unique. It's a formula, but I don't think it's a ripoff, because... No, 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 I didn't say rip. Did I say ripoff? I kind of felt like you were saying that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm yeah, saying... Because it's very unique. Like, Indiana Jones doesn't have a a train chase or fucking flying out the, That's not true. the airplane. Does, does it have, have a train chase? It does have a train chase. Which one is this? Uh, I want to say the third movie does. Or maybe... Not the second one. It's either the first one or the third one. Is third. it anything like Uncharted's? No, it's slower. It's not a chase. It's just a lot slower. It's... Yeah. But they do have like a scene kind of like that where there is a train involved. I'm just saying. Okay. All but right. there was no train chase in the Uncharted movie. In the games. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Uncharted 2 is yeah, infamous yeah. train scene. Yeah. yeah. Train gameplay section. Yeah, it's worth seeing. I think it's a fun film. I feel like it's just very loose on what Uncharted is. It does have a lot of sequences that are reminiscent of like part four and three. Right? Mm-hmm. Mostly it's mostly four, and three. four. Yeah, four and three. Kind of like one in terms of like introducing characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's Chloe though, who's I think introducing Uncharted two, and again in three she comes back. Yeah, I want to say it's like eighty percent for. Yeah, they borrow from the different games. Um, I think the only issue with the movie that we, I think we both agreed on, was that Mark Wahlberg being solely didn't have any like soleyisms. No, he was basically just Mark Wahlberg as Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, you know what? He didn't even show up with the mustache in the film, did he? He doesn't have a mustache. Wait, because there's a no, he trailer doesn't. where they show a mustache. Is there? I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, yeah, Drake is in, like, they're at, like, a bar or something, and then Drake is like, you look fucking different. And then, and then Mark Wahlberg shows up with the mustache, like, what the fuck, like, this is me, right? Mm-hmm. But in the film, it doesn't even show up. I don't remember that. I don't remember that trailer. That's interesting. I don't remember that trailer. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, the movie is fun. I mean, it's definitely, just because we're saying, like, a 7.5, whatever, doesn't mean it's not good. I think a lot of people think anything less than an 8 or 9 is, like, terrible, and that's clearly not the case. The movie is fun. It's serviceable. There are moments where I genuinely laughed. I'm somebody who likes to laugh at movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, I did... I, sometimes I was the only person laughing in the theater, I could tell. But, like, it is it is fun. It's a good, like... This would be a perfect, like, summer action flick. It being winter, you know, can't say that. But it's worth watching. I definitely think it's worth watching at least once. Yeah, there's some weird stuff, though, like with the, with the uh, narrative. Like, they build up the main baddie. And then there's a plot twist that's very odd. All right, we don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it yeah, too much. I'm not going to spoil anything. But there is certain thing. There is certain creative liberties they take that kind of just make you scratch your head. Yeah, it's like why was that done or mm-hmm. stuff like that. I do like the lat without getting to spoilers. There's a huge set piece that's not from the games. 
at the end. Which one is this? I, I'm not going to tell you. I mean, it's the, you know. It's sort. It's connected to the set Sort of, loosely. Loosely. Yeah. But in a, in a lot of ways, it's it's its own thing, I think, too. Just because of the way how it plays out. We're not going to get into it, but you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's elements that are from clearly yeah. from the movie. I mean, from the game and stuff. But anyways, yeah. uh, I, I started off the movie not really. I could only see Spider-Man. I could not see Tom Holland as Nate. By the end of the movie, I was a little more convinced this was more of a Nate character. But still, I think Tom Holland has like that face like Will Smith where you can only see them for the person they are no matter what role they play. I had that same issue with Will Smith where he's always Will Smith in everything I watch. You know yeah, what I mean? he's not a DiCaprio. He's a real chameleon. DiCaprio? Yeah, DiCaprio, DiCaprio like, I can adapts. forget sometimes yeah. he's DiCaprio. That's true. Or like Johnny Depp, I can sometimes forget. No. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. depends. He's 50-50. Yeah, yeah, true. If he's working with, what's his name? Uh, the guy who does like the Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Then he's always the same person. But when he does other stuff, yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. It's worth watching. Uh, it was what two hours? No, it's like two less than two hours, right? That's like perfect length for a movie of this type. I think. The length is fine. The pacing is okay. Yeah, the pacing's fine. Um, Chloe's character, I think, was probably the strongest because she's the closest to the actual game in terms of like looks mm-hmm. and behavior wise. Like she yeah. is kind of conniving, and like that comes clearly across. I think of all the, of the main trio, she is the most like her character than the other two are. Mm-hmm. And Chloe, if you played Uncharted, you know Chloe's a really a really badass character, and she, that comes across. Um, so yeah, any anything else you want to talk about the movie, Johnny? Oh, and stay for the post credit scene. Yes, it's shortly after the film. It's like thirty seconds. It's after. not even a post credit scene. Okay. It's actually a pre credit scene. I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not you're probably not going to miss it either way. So yeah, definitely go watch it. Go watch it, guys. It's it's a really fun movie, and I'm not surprised it's doing really well. The fact that it's doing really well though makes me excited that we are going to get a sequel. Then. Yeah, I think uh, Sony was talking about call this thing a franchise. They didn't just call it the film is doing great. They said the franchise. So I was going to ask, what do you want out of the next films if this is already adapting like four and, and mainly, two mainly, and mainly I want Mark Wahlberg to look more like Sully. Mm-hmm. I want him to look and sound more like Sully and not just Mark Wahlberg as Mark Wahlberg. Like he needs a, he does like the mo- thing in the movie where he does like the quips and the jokes. Yeah, which, their chemistry is good in this film. I do like their chemistry, but I just don't like how many spoilers for the beginning, how distrustful they are because I'm used to Sully and Nate being like, Tight. Yeah, they're homies. Tight, yeah. yeah. And for other, like, I don't want to get into the spoilers, but, like, they definitely do not start off that way mm-hmm. for the, the first 20 minutes spoilers. Not a big deal, I think, but, yeah. I, I There's room. I think, I understand you have to have character development in a movie. You have to have characters end up different than how they start off. But I really hope in the next movie, like, they start off, like, tight. Yeah, and the way they introduce them is a little bit odd because Sully just knows Drake already. Like, there's no buildup to... So why is but that is Sully... explained later on, though. That is explained later on. Yeah, a, l- like, a little quick, bit. A little quickly. A little too kind of like right. blink and you'll miss it. But yeah. So go watch it, guys. All right. Well, another thing I wanted to discuss that's oh. interesting. Go ahead. Well, it's, I'm really glad this is doing well at the box office because it's like the first IP Sony has for one of the games. Mm-hmm. It's the first one they put out and it's already doing well. You know? uh, yeah, I think th- I think if you were gonna do like the PlayStation games as movies, I think Uncharted it makes sense to be at the forefront. Yeah, because it's the one that it's formula wise, it's the easiest to adapt to the screen. I think mm-hmm. right. There's not too much suspension of belief with like magical or mythical stuff, even though uh, the first uh, 
three Uncharted games do have those elements, like in the third act. Yeah. With like, you know, like weird creatures being introduced. But I'm glad they kind of strayed from that for the movie without spoiling it too much. It's very, it's very much anchored in reality in a way that like this type of movie should be for audiences, I think. I mean, I think later on they can get a little more weird with it. But mm-hmm. for right now, like, I'm glad for the most part. And you know what? They did integrate enough puzzles. I like the puzzles. I was going to say that, too. I yeah. like the use of history as kind of like, this is where this comes from. Or like, this is this character. Like, did he make it around the world? Like, we talked about talks a lot about Magellan and stuff like that. And I like how we don't get, we don't, I wish we got a little bit more of that, like, Francis Drake connection, which is, like, very loosely mentioned at the beginning, right at the beginning of the movie. There should have been more emphasis on that. Yeah, the sick Parvis Magnum and all that stuff. But, like... I get it. We're kind of, you know, we're pacing ourselves because we're probably going to flesh out and build this universe a little bit further. But uh, I think it's a good start. Again, uh, don't expect like the strongest or best story. Don't expect like phenomenal Oscar worthy. You know, I think Tom Holland as Drake kind of isn't that different than Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Not that much, really. Yeah, just going to it. Knowing that this is very loose on Uncharted. Yeah, it's got major set pieces in it. Don't think but they too take hard. A lot of liberties. Don't yeah. think too hard. Don't worry. Don't even think about the physics that don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Because they, boy, man, do they love to. You have to suspend a lot of disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Johnny. I think that's enough ragging slash praising the movie in equal parts, I think. Let's get to something that I'm more excited about. Something that's definitely up my alley, Johnny. And that's. From the PlayStation blog, the first look at the headset design for PlayStation VR 2. Because, you know, if they're showing us the design, that means we're not that far from release, Johnny. This, of course, comes from Hideaki Nishino, Senior Vice President of Platform Experience. He says, Today, I'm especially pleased to reveal the stunning new design of our next generation VR headset, PlayStation VR 2. Together with an updated and final design image of our PlayStation VR 2 Sense controller. You'll notice the PSVR2 headset has a similar shape as the PSVR2 Sense controller, taking on a matching orb look. The circular orb shape represents the 360-degree view that players feel when they enter the virtual reality world. So this shape captures it nicely. Obviously, you guys are just listening to this, so you're going to have to probably Google uh, PlayStation VR2 headset. And then, you know, actually do that right now. Google it so you can look at the picture as I read it to you. The design of the PSVR 2 headset was also inspired by the look of the PS5 family of products. When our design team created the PS5 console, they also had the next generation VR headset in mind, so you'll notice some similarities in the look and feel. So basically, a lot of black and a lot of white is what they're trying to say, because <laughs> it has that it has the PS5 look. Uh, the PS5 console has flat edges, as it's meant to be displayed on a flat surface. While there was more emphasis on adding roundness to the design of the PSVR 2 headset since it is meant to have constant human contact. That makes sense. You want to prick yourself on an edge, Johnny. Similar to the rounded edges of the DualSense controller and Pulse 3D headset. Our goal is to create a headset that will not only become an attractive part of your living room decor, but will also... (laughs) You're going to be showing it off like on a display case like, hey, check out my VR headset. Like, wow, it looks nice. It will also keep you immersed in your game world to the point where you will almost forget you are using a headset or controller. That's why we paid very close attention to the ergonomics of the headset and conducted extensive testing to ensure a comfortable feel for a variety of head sizes. We already had a lot of positive feedback on the ergonomics of the first PSVR headset by careful balancing the headset weight and having a simple headband that can be adjustable. So we kept the same concept for the PSVR 2 headset. 
Other features such as the headset's adjustable scope that places the scope area closer or further away from the face and placement of the stereo headphone jack also remain the same, so players will be familiar with it. For the PSVR 2 headset, we took comfort a few steps further by adding new features such as lens adjustment dial, so users have an additional option to match the lens distance between their eyes to optimize their view. We also created a slimmer design with a slight weight reduction, thank god, because the regular PSVR headset, after like an hour or so, it kind of starts to like make your neck hurt a little bit. Even with the new added features, such as the new built-in motor for the headset feedback, it was quite a challenge to create a slimmer design with newer features added to improve upon our first headset, but our design and engineering teams proved this could be possible when we saw the final design. And then it kind of just rambles from there uh, about some other, about being excited for like future games and stuff. I forgot that the headset's going to have haptic feedback, which is going to be weird to feel my head shaking. That's going to be interesting. Johnny... Okay, it's no secret on here that you're not a big VR person just because, you know, you get a little motion sickness and stuff like that. Are you going to try to build your VR legs for this? No. Or? Damn. Not at all. You shut it down quick. Well, yeah, I, it's amazing, dude. When I played it, I played, uh, what is it, the Saber? Beat battle? Saber. Beat Saber. Yes. And I played Resident Evil. And Resident Evil wasn't great. Like, walking around. It's very static, yeah. It was very static. Like, things aren't, like, the uh, fidelity isn't great. Right? Yeah. But once you're in it, you're like, oh, this is some shit. Like, the future mm -hmm. is going to be so dope for this, right? Yes, you recognize it immediately. Mm -hmm. And you really do feel it. Like, when you see your girl in there and she's all fucked up, like, it, it's really, it's so immersive, dude. Like, you really are scared compared I've, to yeah, playing I've, it on I've control. tried playing Resident Evil 7 multiple times in VR, and I've never gotten past the... Uh, the welcome to the family, son, thing, the part where mm. you're at the dinner table. That's one of the scariest parts. Yeah, because right? after that, I'm like, nope, yeah. nope, I'm not doing this. I don't I don't have, I'm not a big horror guy, as we'll talk about later. It's, It was definitely like one of those, uh, like, this is too real for me, man. This is too real. Let me go back to Beat Saber, which is more fun. Yeah, there's there's a ton of games I'd love to play with it, like uh, Dead Space, a new iteration of Dead Space, Ooh. anything Resident Evil. But then how are you going to see your health bar, Johnny, which is on your back? It'll be on my hand. Oh, oh, yeah, that works too, I guess. You can just glance at your hand. Like, we're still green? Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm liking... Uh, I mean, obviously, the obvious upgrade is the fact that it's going to... Higher resolution for each eye, for each mm -hmm. lens. Only one cord now compared to when it used to be like three, I think three or four. No, three cords. I wish it was cordless, but I understand we're not there like price-wise or tech-wise. I get it. You need to be anchored for like faster speed and all that stuff. I get it. Uh, looking at the design, looking at it right now... It looks a lot more comfortable. It definitely looks a lot more comfortable than the than the current PSVR headset. It's a lot thinner, like band-wise and everything. But it looks overall the same. It just looks smaller in a way. What are the bracelets for? The Okay, so the bracelets, I believe the bracelet part, like the part that loops around, has sensors. It's sensors all around. Okay, what does that do? Well, because the original PSVR was like the wand. The wand has like a little bubble at the end. Mm-hmm. This has like full range of like. So it's motion tracking. It's motion tracking, but on the, your hands, because the original wand just has it at the end of your hand. This one is like, so your hands in the middle, so you're able to do more things with like your digits. Remember? Oh, so whatever angle you are, it has. It keeps of track of your digits, your fingers. Oh, okay. Where regular PSVR is like, it's just focused, like what shows up, it senses is the little ball at the end. Yeah. So this one's more immersive. And then also, this, if you forgot, this one also has the one where it tracks your eye movement. Mm -hmm. it's the only vr headset i believe that has like eye tracking and the uh the haptic 
And the haptic stuff, yes, the haptic stuff. The haptic sounds intense, dude. Oh, you see, I'm a little nervous about that because I don't like the thought of my head shaking. I don't think it's gonna shake. It's just probably like, gonna be like rumble. thumbs and the feeling of like stuff. Or imagine your like hair. like pressure, like dun, 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 or something. Yeah, like, like when you put on a device in VR, like uh-huh. uh, Alo, she has her focus. You snap that uh, on there. Oh, well, there is a Horizon VR game coming out. Remember, we got that. We got that. Oh, little... that's right. Yeah trailer for that so i want imagine if you could just use the focus where like you like maybe you can like with your hand like it knows you're motioning for your head with mm-hmm. like the controller yeah. and then you get like the little little heads up display of like the of the focus that would be oh uh, yeah yeah that would be cool like you have to like scan things and you have to track moving and stuff like that yeah but for horror stuff it'd probably like like i mentioned before like you'd feel fingers running through your hair Ooh, that'd be sketchy that's crazy johnny yeah. i'm, I'm I'm sad that you can't enjoy VR the way I do, but uh, I think VR. I'm, I'm surprised PlayStation has stuck with it because, like, a lot of the things like Vita and like other things, they haven't really like not gimmicky stuff. Like, well, remember like the 3D TV stuff and like mm-hmm. all these other ideas they've had. They have kind of just like floundered afterward. But like, it seems like they're really trying to stick with VR. Like, like they want this to be a thing, and I'm glad. I'm glad they're really investing in this because that means. If they're invested, then developers are going to be more likely to be invested, and they're going to get better quality VR games as we go. I This is dope. I, I like VR. I think I might prefer AR, though. Augmented reality? Is yeah. that because you like to like still be anchored in the real world kind of thing? I think maybe it'd be cool to share. Like, uh, for multiplayer games, that'd be dope. Like, if you have a shooting type of game, and you can see the map right in front of you. It's just imposed on your like actual like house or something. Yeah, somewhere on the ground, or or you see, like, demons up in the fucking wall or something. Uh, That'd be cool. That's too real for me. I don't want to see demons in my, my house like that. <laughs> but I get what you're saying, Johnny. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Let's move on to our final story, Johnny. Because we do have... I think this is honestly going to be the biggest... Um, Oh, Joe said there's a nice cameo. I forgot. There's a really good cameo. Oh, yeah. Yet. that's It's in the middle, actually. I forgot about that. No spoilers. No spoilers. Anyways, he's like updating me as he watches the movie, which is funny. Uh, this next story comes from Games Radar, written by Jordan Gerblick. Call of Duty is reportedly skipping its annual entry in 2023. Thank God. It says, where is it? Here goes. Update, an Activision spokesperson reached out to Games Radar with a response to the below report, explaining that there are multiple Call of Duty experiences planned for the coming years. The statement doesn't challenge any specific elements of our story or Bloomberg's original reporting, but it does characterize recent reports as inaccurate. Oh, okay, so maybe we're already wrong. Let's read the whole thing. It says here, we have an exciting slate of premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year, and beyond. Reports of anything otherwise are incorrect. We look forward to sharing more details when the time is right. Okay, that doesn't tell me that there's a new Call of Duty game coming out next year. It just says experiences for this year and next year. Like, that could just be a Warzone update or a new Warzone game, but not like a new mainline Call of Duty game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they have, like, seasons. There's also Call of Duty Mobile with a phone game, so they could be talking about that. But let's read the rest. Let's read the original story. Activision has reportedly decided to delay next year's Call of Duty out of 2023, though it's said that the recently confirmed Modern Warfare sequel is still due out this year, which that's the one I want. Thank God that one's still coming out. According to a report from Bloomberg, Activision is planning a big showing for next year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare sequel. Well, this year's now. So big, apparently, that the publisher has cleared out a second year to support the game. 
If confirmed, 2023 will be the first year since 2004, Johnny, without an annual Call of Duty game. In the same report, it said that Treyarch, the studio developing the delayed and untitled Call of Duty, will now help with the development of an unspecified free-to-play online title launching next year. That's what I'm talking about, Johnny, right there. It would seem that the report is referring to Call of Duty Warzone 2 as the free-to-play game, but that's unconfirmed. Treyarch's next mainline Call of Duty game is now said to be due out in 2024. Call of Duty Vanguard's middling commercial performance is cited as a primary reason for the decision to delay. Apparently, the title's lackluster sales led some executives to consider the possibility that the publisher is launching Call of Duty titles too closely together. It's unclear if Activision plans to continue spacing out Call of Duty releases after 2024 or resume its traditional yearly schedule. End of story. So I, I do think we are going to get uh, more Call of Duty next year, but I think it's not going to be in the form we're used to. What's the annual, the newest game? It's going to be Warzone 2? Or it's going to be continued like DLC expansions to whatever Call of Duty's out at the end of this year, I think. Johnny, this will be, if it doesn't come out next year, next year will be the first year in nearly 15 years where the highest selling game of the year is not a Call of Duty game. You say how long? Like at least 15 years. Because, yeah, 15, 16. Because they've been coming out since 2004 every year, but they became the highest selling game of the year Starting, or I think I want to say with Modern Warfare 2, which was like 2009, 2000, yeah, around there. Yeah, the way they said it, so it's like 16 years, right? They had a formula and every year it kept growing and growing and growing. Yeah. And, and then, then suddenly they're like, oh, this particular game isn't doing well. 40% less than the previous Call of Duty. Yeah, but the way they said it, like, oh, uh, the formula's broken. That's just kind of weird. After all that success, they're like, yeah, well, fuck this formula. We got to figure something else because out. Because it never happened before. It was just like a swing up like a ladder going up. And all of a sudden, you drop 40%. Like, oh, we should be concerned now. Yes, but they're they're like going back on the formula instead of saying, oh, this one specific game is something. It's just an isolated incident. Or yeah, instead of, yeah, instead of saying it's just an isolated thing. Do you think if... The Call of Duty that comes out this year sells bonkers again like traditionally does. Do you think that's going to change their plans for 2023? No, I think the the catalyst is having Warzone. Maybe they're trying to take off so much strain on the studios and then skipping that mainline game and then putting more focus on on Warzones, you know? That would make sense because I think Warzone is like the big moneymaker for them compared to the the annual Call of Duty. Because they have Warzone since 2019. Uh Uh-huh. Since, yeah, the end of 2019. No, yeah, since the end of 2019. And we've had, so that, so Warzone launched with Modern Warfare. We've had Call of Duty Cold War, and we've had Vanguard since the launch of Warzone. Yeah. And Van, and like Cold War did good. It did good. And then Vanguard didn't. So I'm wondering now if like they're realizing like, you know what? Maybe Warzone is where we should be focusing because that's like where the money is revenue through like, through like microtransactions and like season passes and all that stuff. Yeah, maybe they realize that they actually have to put less focus on Warzone as far as, like, manpower. They feel like they can probably get more bang for their buck just focusing on Warzone. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said less focus on Warzone. I misunderstood. No, no, no. Like, the the what they've been doing for, the, like, the last 16 years, mm-hmm. it's, like, one iteration, and then the gamer base is just over that thing, yeah. you know? And then Warzone... We're finally like getting that fatigue setting in. 
Say it again? We're finally getting the fatigue of Call of Duty setting in after all these years, maybe. Uh, I don't know if it's that, because kids grow up into Warzone, you know? Like, some the older crowd, like, might drop it, but there's always somebody jumping in. That's a good point. You make, you make a good point, Johnny. I didn't think about that. You're right. It's kind of, you're kind of grandfathered in, right? Like, it's the next batch, the next generation. Yeah, if we were, like, the same age forever, yeah, you'd get the fatigue, but there's always a new batch of kids trying it, to play. You know what? It sounds, it sounds predatory, like, when the, when the smoking companies are like, you know what? There's always going to be a new customer. Even if our old ones die, there's going to be a new batch of, uh-huh. like, yeah. influential, you know, people. Yeah. That's funny. I like It sounds funny. It sounds, it sounds almost predatory, but I, I get what you're saying. You're not intending to sound like that way. Um, I'm very excited because one of the things that's turned turned me off of Call of Duty recently is that I'll do all the challenges, I'll do everything in the game just in time for the next one to drop, and then it's like all the stuff that I unlocked in the previous one that don't even matter anymore because not to keep up with the next season or the next big game. So giving like the one that comes out this year two full years of attention, that's gonna invest me a lot more into the ecosystem, and also because it's Modern Warfare Two. The sequel to my my most recent favorite Call of Duty game, like I want to see where they do with what they do with the story because the way Modern Warfare One ends, there's like a huge not like a post credit scene, it's kind of like a post credit scene, but like there's huge implications for like the characters. So I'm looking forward to seeing like what they do with Modern Warfare Two because the original Modern Warfare Two is like one of my favorite Call of Duty games of all time. Well, when the next game comes out, they're gonna skip the year, right? But when the next game comes out, do you feel like? The 2024 ones. And it's, one. do you, yeah, do you feel like it's going to be like, oh, I can really tell the time, that extra time that they put in? I think so. Or, are they, or don't you think they're just going to take those resources and put them into Warzone? You know what? I could see it going either way. I could see it 50-50 that they just, you know, like, you know what? We have an extra year. Like, we don't have to work on it until next year, this time next year, because we can just focus on Warzone. Yeah, and then the 24 is going to feel like the one that just released. Yeah, I'm it's- hoping... I hope they take that extra year and really apply it to the mainline game. I want them to like, all right, guys, like this is the front we've been doing. Like, what can we do to make sure that the next game is like, is, is, a, is you know, a, a slam dunk? Yeah, that's the only reason I touch Call of Duty for that story. The story, oh my god, the story is always good. Yeah. Well, Vanguard story is okay. It's just okay, but yeah, the story, the especially the Cold War games. I mean, the Black Ops games. I love the whole like seventies CIA. Um, what's that thing called with like the mine thing they did? MK Ultra. MK Ultra, because that because Black Ops de- delves into that stuff, brainwashing and stuff like that's really cool. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Modern Warfare, like the Activision, the I'm sorry, the Infinity Ward Call of Duties, which is Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. Like those are my favorite of the three iterations we get every few years. So I'm very excited that we're at least getting Modern Warfare two this year. I'm very hyped about that. So good news for me. Good news for other Call of Duty fans. Unless you actually like Treyarch and Sledgehammer. So, all right, Johnny, we are done with our stories. Uh, why don't we actually get into the meat, the stuff that you actually really want to talk about? And that is, besides us watching the same movie this past weekend, we've also played the same... Oh, wait. Actually, you wanted me to talk about the other one, right? Yeah, why don't you go into Martha? All right. So, if you guys remember last week, we had that story about uh, PlayStation censoring a certain game. Uh, we were fortunate to get a review code uh, for that game, uh, Martha is Dead, on the PlayStation. And when I got the re- when I accepted the review code from the developer or the publisher, I think it's a publisher. Uh, they sent me like a little PDF about like the things that were changed. Like, oh, by the way, the PS version of this game is a little different than the Xbox and PC version of the game. And here's like the list of things that are different. And so it was mostly the stuff that we 
read about that were rumored last week. It's definitely that stuff. Um, I can kind of just preface it real quick. There is some stuff that is extremely triggering. Very, uh, uh, how do I explain this? There is some stuff that is just not the kind of typical stuff you see in video games that is from, it has artistical merit, but man, is it very, very disturbing. Um, real quick, there's stuff with uh, abortions. There is stuff with uh, human disfigurement mm-hmm. and dismemberment and uh, body parts being cut up. Is and... it heavier than The Last of Us? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Is it because it's more personal? One of the things, yes. One of the things, like, if this wasn't somebody I knew from the game or whatever, then it probably wouldn't have phased me as much. Mm-hmm. But one of the things is, like, no matter what the context, like, it's just, like, there was a scene where, as I was watching it, I felt so, so uncomfortable, which is very rare for me. I don't really shy away from, like, like Resident Evil, like, doesn't affect me, right? Like, it's just Resident Evil, right? But, like, like even the baby, the fetus thing Resident Evil, like, not as strong as this. Well, that's very over the top. That's that's comical. No, Yeah, I guess you're right. It is comical. I will say this. Um, so, yeah, this was a game that was, yeah, they mentioned in the PDF file, like, hey, like, this has changed. Like, thank God, like, I'm just going to spoiler, many spoilers for the game. Like, there are certain things, like, certain scenes that, thank God, you don't have control over, like, directly. Like, it just plays out for you because... I would not want to have to like hold the DualSense controller, DualSense, I'm sorry, I'm so you start podcasting. The dual with the haptic feedback and having to do the things the game does for you mm-hmm. because it's just it's just so heavy, so heavy. And so some things were changed for the PlayStation release where like on the Xbox and PC, you would have to act out or play out those things like with the controller. Mm-hmm. On the PlayStation version, it plays out for you with no player input. Okay? So that's basically one. That's like the major thing they did change. Um, the game on the PlayStation, at least that they told me, gives you the option to just skip it altogether. I didn't want to skip it because they they heavily advise that, like, you can skip this, but if you skip it, you're gonna miss some of the context of like the message of the story. I'm like, okay, I don't want to miss out on any of like the actual scenes or stuff, right? But I just didn't want to play out those parts either. So I'm glad. I mean, in a way, I mean, I'm for player freedom to do everything you want. But in my particular case, I'm glad I wasn't made to do those things to progress the story. Okay. They still happen. They still played out, but without my input. Okay. So let me just get that across. All right. So, yeah, we got a Rico for Martha's Dead. Uh, Johnny has not played it yet. No. He was confused about something that I told him. Yeah, you said there was like an embargo, right? Right. So a lot of video games, when you get like press keys or like review keys, whatever you want to call them. When you're given, when you're kind of given a game to play before it comes out, you're not allowed to kind of talk or like re- give out your review of it before a certain date. And this is to prevent uh, like review sites and stuff to like rush through a game to be the first one to put out like something, right? So it's like everybody has this finish line. It's a predetermined finish line, and then once that finish line comes up, then everybody's allowed to like you know get, put out their reviews of it, right? Yeah. So we, okay, so it's for Thursday. This episode goes up Thursday morning, so we're going to get in the clear. Johnny misunderstood it as you're not allowed to play the game until Thursday, I believe. No, no, I was going to play it, but I was in the middle of playing a different game. And then we were going to do the podcast today, and I thought, well, why am I going to start it up if we're under embargo? But the thing is, when this podcast released, the embargo was up. Yeah, Johnny thought for somehow that 
we're going to record live, like everyone's going to listen live. No, but not that you thought that, but you just got confused about the, the nature of the embargo, right? Yeah, is it called an embargo? It is called an embargo. An embargo, in the traditional sense of an embargo, is like certain things are not allowed to enter or leave a country. Or yeah, it says an opposing official ban. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tends to just apply to countries and stuff. Yeah, embargoes are usually for like like the the embargo we have with Cuba, basically. Yeah, I thought an embargo was just for that. I Okay. When it comes to games, it's like a time, like a time, like you're not allowed to talk about it before this around time. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter because by the time you guys hear this, it's going to be Thursday at least 6 a.m. Thursday, which is the official embargo. So it yeah. doesn't matter in our case. Anyways, Johnny will probably, I don't think you're going to finish it, Johnny, because. How long is it? it? It took me about six hours. The reason why I don't think you're going to finish it is because it's all first person. I got the Resident Evil. And fun. also because there is like a lot of bright light. And I know that kind of like, like flashes, not fla- not like strobing effect. No, like just bright light in general. And I know you have like a. It'll be just you're like a vampire. You're like hiss. you're gonna hiss. Yeah, it it'll be a little annoying, but I it's yeah. six hours. I, I so Martha's Dead. Uh, despite it being billed as a horror game, really, it's just it's a psych kind of like a psychotic narrative heavy game with horror elements. So it's like Saw. Sort of, because you think horror, like, there is no cheap jump scares in Martha's Dead, I'll tell you that. Mm. There is moments that make you feel uncomfortable, there's moments that are scary, there is some stuff that's, like, very uncomfortable to look at, but don't expect, like, cheap jump scares, because there is no cheap jump scares. What's the gameplay like? The gameplay, it reminds me a lot of, like, Heavy Rain. Okay. So, it's in first person, you walk around, you interact with the environment, the map is, like, a small, confined, like, it's your house, and, like, the countryside, and and a forest that's near your house. You pretty much just explore this, like, kind of, like, probably mile by by mile square of land. And then you just play out through the several days of that, like, environment. So things will change, like, from day to day. But you pretty much play this area for the next, like, seven or six in-game days, right? The story starts off, basically, you have a twin sister. And your twin sister is dead, right? That's the character Martha is, is the sister, right? And you pretty much have to figure out, like, who, how exactly... No, who killed your sister is what you have to find out. But then there is, like, supernatural elements kind of tossed in with, like, the game... Pretty much right at the beginning of the game, you're going to listen to this story about the white lady who's, like, who haunts, like, this lake or whatever, right? And then, like, later on throughout the story, after your sister has died... Again, these aren't, like, huge spoilers. This is, like, the first 10 minutes of the game. This is the whole precedent. This is the whole, like, we're building the story of the game off of the first 10 minutes. And so you have to spend the rest of the days kind of trying to piece out, like, what happened to your sister? Why was she killed? And then there's, like, a few supernatural elements sprinkled in. Um, I don't know by the time Johnny plays it because it comes out. So the the publisher gave me a note saying, like, hey, like, the version that the people are going to play is going to be slightly different because we're going to do a day one patch. Because this game has a few texture and graphical glitches that kind of i had to load previous autosaves because sometimes i would just get locked out of something that was not possible mm-hmm. which is kind of a huge issue obviously but because i understood like okay this should be fixed with the official release of the game there was a point where there's like a mini game and i could not exit the mini game because for some reason the button inputs like would not register so i had to load the previous save which was like about 20 minutes before not a huge issue and do the mini game again and then i was able to progress so the good thing is the game has autosave and it keeps like the last six or seven of your autosaves always. 
So I think they knew that was going to be an issue with like glitches and stuff like that. So I'm glad they instituted autosave because when something doesn't go right, you can just just do the last one again. So I had to do that multiple times. I want to say like at least four or five times throughout the game. So that was an issue. Um, the game looks beautiful though. The, the countryside like this looks, well, because I'm playing on the PS5, right? We have uh, the code is for PS4 and PS5. On PS5, the game looks really good. It looks like how Resident Evil Village looks like. Texture, okay. fidelity, resolution, top tier. Frame rate, there were a few like gl- like hitches. Like how bad? When I would transition from place to place, sometimes there would be like a, a second, and then the, it would continue kind of thing. Where like it pauses, like so. Yeah, there's like motion blur. And yeah, those just, are rough. Sometimes when you go from one place to another, there's like that motion blur pause, and then it resumes right away. So those again, are some of the worst glitches. Yeah, it's not a game breaking glitch like the other ones are. Yeah, but so I tolerate it. Orienting myself, like coordination and stuff. It oh yeah, with that. Ask like, there's some There's some of the glitches I've had with like Horizon. Like I fell through the map. Those what? are annoying. Yeah, already. What's well, on PS4? That's the thing to do with falling through the map. Does well, it's, it? It's a. I don't think it does. Less superior engine. Okay. And for the shit that Horizon's doing. So the floor just disappeared. No, I'm kind of pushing it too far. Like I'm sliding, I'm fucking running, and then I open. Oh, the door. you're like trying to break the game. It's only happened when like I open a door. Like I open it, and the shit has to. Load, I want right? to talk about the sliding later on because it's very comical to me. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, on. Yeah. Right, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Right, go ahead. So yeah, there's a, like stuttering. Like when you go from one like. You can tell it happens when the game's loading the next sec, like a big next section. Like when you go from the house to outside, mm-hmm. it, it happens more frequently than the reverse, going from outside to inside, because you know different size areas, right? And so that happens. Um, there's some cool mini games in the game. I'm not going to spoil it too much for Johnny. Um, just I want you, you have to get familiar with Morse code. Let's just tell you that. Okay. Get familiar with Morse code, or look up a chart online for Morse code because you're going to need to know how to do Morse code. But at today's age, you can find one on Google and it's like super easy, super easy that way. Um, there's some other stuff with like taking photographs. Taking photographs is a huge part of the game because that's how you progress the story with certain things. And that's mostly where like the supernatural elements come in. And so those things aren't as scary, but they are like horror in nature. If that makes sense. So I remember I said there's no cheap jump scares or no like boo moments, right? But there is, just by the very subject or the nature of the subject, there is, like, scary stuff that we're talking about. We're talking about, like, there's, like, tarot cards and uh, candles and using... Roaming the forest at night with a lighter. I'm talking about, like, just setting atmospheres-wise. There is horror elements. But the way... I I, I keep emphasizing this because the way the game was kind of, like, advertised, it made it seem like, oh, like, this is, like, you know, horror. But it's more like psychological horror, if that makes sense. Okay. Sort of a thriller. It's more, yes. And they use thriller in actually the, the little like the pitch for the game. They say psychological thriller. All right. Because it is kind of like that. You're piecing to it's like if it was a detective movie with supernatural stuff thrown in. Because you're trying to you collect clues, you're taking pictures of the certain scenes, putting the stuff together, kind of like imagine like those boards without the strings connected to the different things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not actually how it looks like, but that's kind of an example of what like kind of the nature of the game. Um Overall, I give it like a seven, maybe six point. Right now, it's more like a six point five. If I played again with the patch and everything runs smoother, I'll push it up to a seven point five. The game, I enjoy the story. The story is actually really cool. The voice acting, first of all, because the, the game is set in Tuscany, Italy, 
by default, the voice acting is all done in Italian and it's like delivered really well. I switched it about halfway to English because I wanted to just listen without having to like read all the time. And switching to English, the English VA is like not that great. It sounds very stilted and very like bland. So Italian voice actress, great. English voice actress, not so great. Uh, playing it in Italian is more authentic and just reading English subtitles. But, you know, if you're not someone who cares about authenticity, you just play however you want. Um, for the most part, the story is pretty straightforward. Uh, I think towards the end, there was a couple of things that were introduced where I was like, wait, what? They kind of made me scratch my head with like the logic of the game. Uh, there's also like side quests or stuff that's not part of the main story, but are kind of like tangentially related. So like the game will introduce like, oh, here's like another character. And it's like, they're part of the main story, but like their issues or whatever are like side stuff, which you can explore if you want to. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I'm missing? I'm like trying not to spoil the game, but there is a couple of times I got stuck and not because like of glitches, but because the game is very obtuse when it comes to telling you what you have to do exactly. Like there was a part where my camera, I'm supposed to take a picture in the dark, right? And I pick up like the flashbulb attachment for the camera and it's like, well, how do I use the flashbulb? And it doesn't really explain to you. You have to, I was like, I had to tinker with it. And then I realized there was like another extra tab on the menu that wasn't there before. And then I went to the tab. I'm like, oh, now I can attach the, the flashbulb. Like, okay, let me go back because I skipped a lot of stuff that I should have done with the flashbulb mm -hmm. because the game didn't tell me. I mean, there's a difference between being like having hand holding and a difference between like, you know, like Souls games where like there's no map or no like map indicators or stuff like that. So this game kind of teeters on like, basically, if you're not sure what to do, make sure you re-explore every single area because that's going to trigger like the next like story segment. Even if it's not obvious, you have to do it, which is kind of annoying because I remember there was one part where I'm like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Like the thing I'm supposed to do won't let me leave. And I'm like, oh, I was supposed to go into the bathroom. And it's like, I've been in that bathroom millions of times and nothing happened before. You know what I'm saying? So there's like quests... It gives you the objective, but it won't, like, tell you. There's no, like, if you look at the map, it's not always going to tell you, like, this is where you have to go for that, right? So there, the game kind of makes you experiment a lot. You have to do things that are like, oh, I've already done this. Why do I have to do it now? And it's like, oh, that was the thing I had to do now kind of stuff. So it, it's all over the place. But the story, the gra the resolution, the way the game looks is phenomenal. The, at the characters are really cool. The mini games are actually kind of fun, I think. There's more besides cameras and, like the morse code stuff it's dope especially because it's a period it's set during the end of world war ii and i'm a huge like sucker for like period stuff like settings like that so i enjoyed it johnny i hope you i don't knowing your taste johnny of in games just knowing how you don't like certain games i feel like you're probably not gonna like it as much as i did is it because of the first person thing mostly that and because it's not like an action heavy game because there's not like action it's like heavy rain or like it's one of those like walking simulator interaction i don't mind if there's not a lot of action as long as the narrative is strong narrative is strong yes. and, and the gameplay is fluid uh not so much like uh, <laughs> no like um it's not detroit become human that's like very click and move and all that yeah, stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, Detroit Become Human is, I think, much more polished than this game is. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I assume that. But yeah. I mean, if it's not that and it's just like, hey, let me just get go through this walkway and open a door and yeah. what's next, that's cool. But I don't like so much like you got to pause and 
clicking live. Fuck that. Yeah, uh, no, it's not that bad. Um, yeah, it took me about six hours. I played one hour the day I told you about the game, and then I binged the game yesterday, pretty much in one sitting. The rest of it. So I like I enjoyed it for what it is. It's definitely something different than your traditional fanfare of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, just there's just some things that like Jesus Christ, like some things that were so hard for me to watch, and I'm like. I'm usually not someone who's squeamish, but like because of the context of the scene, it made me very uncomfortable. And so basically it's human mut- human mutilation is what happens. And I'm just like not comfortable with that. So take that as a warning if that's not your kind of thing. But if you want to play something that's different, that's, you know, has horror elements without being straight up horror, that has a purpose for its horror, horror elements and has a good story and something different than your usual games, I recommend it. I do recommend it. A seven's not bad, guys. But I imagine you guys are going to have a better experience because you're going to have the day one patch, which I didn't. So that's it for that. Johnny, let's talk about something a little more exciting. (laughs) We've both been playing uh, Forbidden West since at least Friday night. Yeah, to me, this is no spoilers, but this is really just going to be a first impression. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, start start it off. Um. Okay. So first thing that happens when I get control of Aloy, um, instantly overwhelmed visually. Mm-hmm. There is, I love how vibrant and colorful the world is, but it's a little too much for me. And then combine that with the heads up display and the and the UI and everything, like it was just too much. And then also my. My game was set to uh, resolution mode over, like, performance. Yeah. So even though the game looked very, like, beautiful, I could tell, like, I felt like it wasn't smooth. And so all of those things at first, I felt overwhelmed. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. So first thing I did was I go into the menu, found out there is a performance mode, which is it lowers the resolution, but makes it 60 frames. Smooth. Smooth like butter. Also, you can minimize the heads-up display so that only the prompts come up when they're necessary. So, like, your health bar, your weapons, your items, all that stuff is not on the screen unless you click on the button to bring it up. So, I put, I did that, switched to performance mode. Instantly, the game looks so much better for me. It was less visual stimulation and more like, just, like, imagine playing the game in just photo mode, basically, photo mode. Where everything's just smooth, there's no clutter, you're just allowed to enjoy the scenic views of the game. After a while, I went back to uh, perform, uh, resolution mode, because I'm like, I feel like I'm missing out on stuff, so I went to resolution mode. And of course, the game looks so much better. We talk- I talked to you earlier in the week about like the textures of like the fuzz, like the moss on the trees. Yeah. The um, I remember the facial animations being stronger. Turns out that it wasn't the frame rate that was my issue. It was just the HUD. The HUD is what overstimulated me. Once I went back to resolution mode with minimum HUD, I that's like the ideal balance for me. So, for, yeah, game looks phenomenal for me. Uh, we talked about how there's moments where you're looking at and you're like, I can't tell if this is a real person or if it's like a CGI. And of course it's CGI, but it's like, man, like they really, I mean... Uh, freaking guerrilla games like they really outdone themselves with this one like this is like I have moments where I'm like there's I can't believe this is like a video game because I thought I had that with Resident Evil Village this game looks like that's a a year improvement on Resident Evil Village like this is like another if you put it you know Resident Evil Village in the in the in the oven for another year it could probably look like this 
But Horizon Forbidden West, dear God, the game is gorgeous. The textures, the draw distance is impressive as hell. Like, there's moments where, like, I could see, like, one of the robots, and it's like, like, if I could not see you, like, I, I would think that's normal. But the fact that I can see, like, the little... First of all, I love the thing where, like, you know how they have blue, yellow, red, like, as, like, indicators of, like, if they see you or not? But I love when we get, like, that that horizontal light glow. You know what I'm talking about? The lens flare. The, the lens flare. I'm sorry. Thank you. The lens flare. We get that horizontal. Like, I love that effect. Like, yeah. it's so cool when, like, you can kind of kind of see, like, the hor- yeah the lens flare, but, like, it's stretched out. And, like, even if you can't see, like, the creature directly, kind of get, like, the, your peripheral kind of catches it. Well, it's not, like, Michael Bayish. It makes sense in the game. It's not blinding. Yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll yeah, see yeah. a character in the distance, and then he'll light up. But you'll see all the footage, and then you just see his eyeballs yes. and the flare coming across. It's so cool. Yeah. It looks great. I know that the first Horizon has that, but not to the same like degree of it, I think. It looks so much better here. The side quests are a huge step up from the original Horizon. Yeah, I feel like the original Horizon kind of was like the same kind of stuff, like go here, kill that, or like follow this trail with your... your focus. No, for the time, they're still very, very good uh, side quests. But this one, it's super detailed. Like, did you do the side quest in the mine? Yes, dude, it's it's a whole fucking level. This it's not it's not I just would, like go here and talk yes. to this guy and bring this thing back. It's a whole ass level yes. with this intricate design mm-hmm. and it's underwater. And then these these two dudes telling you their little story. Yeah, and then you go in there and there's a battle and th- these aren't. And you know what's the cool thing about that is that if you had never known it was there, exactly, yeah. you would have never. You just if you never took that side quest, you would have never known this whole section of the game is right here, like this underwater mine level. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure none of the main story has anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact that they put so much detail mm-hmm. into the side content, as much as like, because there was moments where like, why am I doing? Like I was like frustrated with one of the puzzles. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like this isn't even the main quest. And I'm like, oh, like this is like a side quest, but like. It's fully voice acted. It's fully scripted. There is like actual like like Aloy has unique dialogue for the situation, which not as much. I mean, that wasn't really pre- present in the first Horizon. I think I think there was less talking, but like the fact they have like all these facial animations, all this like attention to like like without. I mean, it's okay if I spoil the specific mission, but it's like okay, you have to like clear out the flood in this. Like, how do you do that? Well, you have to do this puzzle. And it's like okay, after you do that, oh. This is actually somewhat tangentially related to the main storyline when you find out the cause of the flood of the mine because it is linked to like the rest of the storyline, but it's not like important. If you miss out on it, it's not a big deal because it ultimately it's not important, but it is tie it wraps back around to the main quest, which is like the, you know, how did the the blist what do you call them? Blaster horn? No, blaster bristlebacks there you go yeah how did the bristlebacks get into like that specific valley right which mm-hmm. is like near the beginning of the game right do you have to know you don't have to for the main quest you don't have to but it's nice to have that extra background because now you know a little bit more of the game's lore which this game is very lore heavy in a way that i actually like well that's what i mentioned about the uh, previous horizon horizon zero dawn when you play frozen oh god here he goes again the frozen wilds you get so much more lore dude you're missing out i feel like i'm not missing i'm playing the first six hours of the game i feel like nothing from frozen wilds really has affected me story-wise there is one character i'm wondering if it's from frozen wilds it's i forget her name no it's on no i can tell you already know okay okay good because i'm like i'm like did I meet this character before? She, I haven't seen anybody that looks like the people from the Frozen Wilds. Oh, okay, okay. Because I'm like, I don't remember this character, but maybe they were just a side character from the first game that I just didn't do like the side quest for. Because Aloy clearly knows this character, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, 
I must have missed a side quest in the first game or something. So, yeah. um, the variety, the variety of uh, the robots, the, the, the fauna looks amazing. Obviously, there's a lot of there's the so moss many. on the trees, the variety of the flower. There's a section where we talked about this earlier where I kept dying. Like that is a beautiful garden of like just wildflowers on the mountain slope leading up. Yeah, there's so many biomes. Dude. So well, I haven't seen no. Okay, mini spoilers. I just got to like a part where there's like some snow, and <laughs> the snow on the bushes, Johnny. Did you see that? Those clumps of snow that's in the bushes. I've seen that. Yeah, it's so lifelike. As someone who has kind of, I've been around snow enough in my life. I like the crunch, that satisfying crunch when you uh-huh. step in there. But also like the clumps that build up on actual plants, like in real life. Because mm-hmm. like there is, you know how you go into the bushes, right? Or like a tall grass. Yeah. There's parts uh, a little further north where you go into like where there's like a snow area and the bushes have clumps of snow on them. As you pass through them, the snow will fall from the bushes. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you look behind you, you can see the trail, like the path you took through the bushes. Yeah. Because there's like no snow on those bushes. Anymore. You know, you, sh- you shake them up or whatever. Oh, I noticed some other stuff. Uh, I forgot what video I was watching, but there's locations where where you have like a, a pond, right? And there's foliage on top of the pond. Yeah, like algae. Yeah. Yes, you have algae. Yeah. But when you walk through the algae, it'll yes. make a path yeah, to you. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. I've had that experience. I'm like, what? Like, like they could have gotten away with not doing that, but they didn't, Johnny. They didn't yeah. take the easy way out. They decided to make an error. I have used photo mode in this game more, just in the first five hours, more than I ever did in the original game, like, altogether. Because mm-hmm. there's moments where I'm like... Like, when there's, like, a part where I'm in this field of, of, like, wheat, tall grass, and when the wind ripples, and it kind of just moves like a wave, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, I can't believe this is playable, Johnny. Like, I, I know it sounds, like, hyperbole, but there are certain moments where I'm just, like, like, oh, shoot, like, this is current gen. Like, we're at this point now where we can do this with video games, and it's just, like... I mean, going back to, like, when we were kids playing PS1, and, like, now yeah. we have, like, the tech is like this, and it's just, like... Because I remember I used to tell you, like, I feel like we ch- a generation we get, like, diminishing returns of, like, what you can do visually, right? And it's like, oh, like, I was talking nonsense back then because this looks gorgeous. It is stunning how good this game looks. Well, dude, I'm impressed because you're getting a lot more things that I'm not getting, like the moss. But what I'm running on the PS4 is fucking ridiculous, dude. Like, I'm in a section right now where I'm in the water, and these waves are fucking amazing, dude. Like, it has, it's all glistening. You can yes, see through the, the water. sunlight, yeah. Have you seen the fish? How detailed they are. Everything is I detailed. I have not, actually. I have I've not seen, at the fish. Just walk up to, like, any animal. The pig. Oh, yeah. The, Lots the of pigs. Birds, <laughs> Lots the of raccoons, pigs, The too. birds, the fish. Everything is detailed. It doesn't look boxy. I mostly noticed it on the raccoon. There was, like, a raccoon that I killed. I needed for, like, a, I needed a raccoon hide for, like, a part, for, like, a upgrade for my pouches or something. Mm-hmm. And so I looked for raccoons. And then I would zoom in and photo mode on the raccoons. And it's, like, oh, this is, like, a fully detailed raccoon, which most people are probably not going to pay attention to. Yeah. But, like, you can see, like, the individual strands on the raccoon, Johnny. The individual hair strands on the raccoon. And I'm like, this is a small critter that's, like, not a main character. Yeah. Not even a main target like the robots are. And, oh, oh my God. The robots, like, the textures on the robots in terms of, like, you can see, like, where, like, the leather part is. And, like, where, like, the, the synthetic, like, carb, like, what do you call it? Like, the, not carbon. Um, It's kind of carbon. What do you call that? The hard material steel carbon fiber carbon fiber okay. like because some of the robots do have like carbon fiber like mesh materials mm-hmm. and like the detail on the intricacy of their parts and the pipes and the connections and the fluids flowing through them 
Yes, like they they have their armor, but you can see like the muscle structure all yes, behind there, like very fibery. How it all connects to it, it. It just all makes sense. It's dude. so cool, man. Uh, I I I know we're like super early in the year. We haven't even gotten into Elden Ring. We haven't even got into uh, God of War, Star uh, Starfield, God of War. If that comes out this year, uh, Zelda, Breath of the Wild too. Well, I don't think that's gonna. I'm, I don't think that's this year, but. Like, I know it's early to say this, but I really feel like this is going to be my game of the year. It is already for me. Like, this is one of my top five games of all time, Horizon Zero Dawn. So this just fits in there just perfectly. It's so good. Even the game, the gameplay feels pretty much like the first game, but it feels like a refinement of the first game. Oh, dude, the parasail? My little umbrella. Oh, I think it's so cool. The glider? I use it all the time. I'm, I'm, there's sections where I'm like, I don't want to use one of my packs to travel and I have to explore this. So what I'll do is I'll just climb up a mountain and I'll jump off that shit and I'll just zoom around and then look at all the fauna and the trees below me. It, it, oh like, my god! You get so much in one shot. You get the fauna, you get the forest, you get the sunset, you get the, you, the stars and the when you take that little basket down into the valley in the beginning, that was like nothing, but it was impressive. Like how, why is this shocking me? How good this looks? Yes, it was just a you're just in a box with a guy on a on a it's like it's kind of like a, like a ski lift but going down yes but that little moment where you could just pan around and it's just such a simple scene and right? that's not even the, that's not even the west yet johnny that's not even the forbidden west part of the game yet like you're not even there once you see that and then you go down on the basket and then you see like the walls the texture of like the walls of the canyon mm-hmm. of the rocks the details of the rocks oh my god this game is so good and i'm like someone who kind of like i remember I remember at the end of Horizon, the last time when I beat Horizon, the first one, and I talked to you about it, I'm like, ah, I don't really see how I can add to it. Oh my god, I was so wrong, Johnny. I was so wrong. Dude. The story, way more <laughs> captivating than the first game for me already. Like, the first six hours, like, we had, like, the first kind of twist of, like, what? Like, this is my understanding, like, the first ten minutes of the game tells you kind of, like, what Aloy is doing. It's like, okay, like, this, okay, straightforward. And then, like, by hour six or seven, you're in, like, Oh, things just got out of hand. Things just got crazy. It's yeah, like, what? We're not doing spoilers at all, but yeah. there's a scene where they just ratchet up the technology, and it's like, where is this shit gonna go? And they start answering like pretty much everything that all the questions that you had from Horizon, while bringing up new questions too. Yes, a lot uh, more questions. Yeah. So narrative so far, it's it's cool. the The main narrative is dope. So let's get into that a little bit. The main narrative is dope. But, like, the stuff, the minutia, I feel like uh, it's a little bit too PG for me. I wish the gore, the game was had a little right. bit more, like, bruteness to it. You know, the story. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the characters just talk to you. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really feel too much tension with some of the side characters. Like, you have uh, Vero yeah. when you first meet him. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the guy. Like I don't, I, I don't like Vero Maro and like the other guy with the mohawk. I don't like those guys. Uh, they they were like Aaron, the worst guys Aaron. in Horizon. Yeah, and I have to deal with them. They're not annoying. It's not yeah, but they're I, not the strongest characters from Horizon. I like them. I just don't like their them in relation to Aloy. Yeah, like Vero when you first meet him, is this is very early on. Yeah, it feels like this guy's just stalking you he's everywhere. Too pine. Yeah, he's pining for effect. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Which I'm kind of. That's 
too much spoilers, but like that kind of changes a little bit later on. We kind of a little bit, a little bit changes. Yeah, you kind of warm up to him, but he's still not like the dopest character that they yeah. could have brought. But also, like his, his he's not, he's less whiny later on too. I think. Yeah, just because the nat- the nature of the relationship does change a little. What's bit. the guy's mo- the guy with the mohawk? Aaron. I want to say it's Aaron. He's whiny. He like wants affection. He wants to be your homie. I haven't seen and too much of like, him though, so I don't remind. Just oh. Get away. Yeah. Just, yeah, Ayla is one of those characters where, like, I think in most stories, it's kind of like we're used to the opposite, where the women are like the damsels in distress, and Ayla is like clearly like, let me show you how it's done, and it doesn't feel too, it doesn't feel like forced. This is like very much in Aloy's character, the way she is. Yeah, Aloy feels totally natural. Yeah. It's just that the character she they... just makes everybody else look very incompetent by yeah, yeah. <laughs> by comparison, but, but it doesn't you... feel like you know like. Uh, silly it feels like right but you do meet characters uh there's one character that you haven't met but there is a character when when the uh, technology steps up Mm -hmm. that one character yeah she's interesting oh okay she's interesting like are you ahead of me you probably are ahead of me uh, i think i'm ahead of you but we also took different directions Uh, yeah so i i i I think i would be further ahead if i didn't like actually do every single green check mark side quest that i could because i'm like the side quests actually reward you with skill points. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do these because that's just going to make everything better for me. I think I'm getting bogged down because of the difficulty. Like, I told you I, I had to fight a Tumbertrusk, and that fucker took... Oh, this. We got to discuss this real quick. I had to fight a Tumbertrusk. I fought that's him the elephant-looking like... one, right? Yes. Okay. I fought him for an hour and a half. Jesus Christ. That's and I was like, for when, am I, creature. when am I going to beat this fucker, right? Yeah. I would come. I would go do a little side mission and then come back. But it added up to about an hour and a half. I'm doing all these different strategies. And then... Traps. Long range. Everything, dude. I'm upgrading weapons. I'm taking more health. Have you gotten the special move from the trailer where she like slaps that thing attached to her spear and does like the electric field thing or no? I upgraded a different thing. There's like six different upgrade packs. Put, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. okay. So, so I'm doing the trauma task, trauma task, an hour and a half. And then I leave the game. I live the rest of my day, right? In, in real life. I go to sleep. In real life. I go to sleep, I come back, and then first try, I get it. It's like this gamer anomaly thing I don't understand. I think it's a psychological thing, because this is a thing we talk about with other gamers. Just in general, this is like, this. yeah, you're right, this is a gamer-specific thing where you can't do something no matter how much you try, and somehow coming back to that thing later on, you get it the first try. Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with your, I think when you're frustrated, you're just frustrated, right? You're frustrated and you're just going to get diminishing returns on your efforts when you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. When you're rested, because sometimes it happens in the same day. But when I think when you're rested and kind of you have time to cool down and cool off, I think you do perform better on the next subsequent try because now you're thinking clearer. I think you're thinking clearer. I also think you kind of rested. Your, your reflexes are stronger rather than just being trying to brute force it over and over. You're kind of, I think you approach things different. Also, you have time to think about what's not working for you in that gap. Like I, I've, there's been moments where like, like where I'm playing a certain RPG or something, and I'm like, like I can't think of it in the moment because I'm just like trying to brute force through it. And then I'll come back later, and in that time, I'm like, oh, let me try this different strategy, or maybe if I can just like improve my timing on this specific thing. And that will often be like the the thing that makes a big di- the the biggest difference. Yeah, I agree with you completely. But the thing is, from one hour and a half to the first try, that's nuts. Like, there's no. That's a huge upgrade. That's like 
I I don't know. It's it weird. Thing, I'm sure if it took me like ten tries. Okay, cool. Like I'm sure if I Google tries, like why first try. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure if I Google it, it's probably like an actual scientific explanation for it. But I'm not gonna waste our time right now with that. Yeah. Uh, so get back to that skill tree thing. Yes. First thing I did is I invested everything I could into the medical health one because that's the one that's gonna pretty much gonna have the most benefits for the length of the game. I spread it out. I wanted to increase my yes. capacity for carrying medicine. Mm-hmm. I increased like the actual health bar first. Well, you can the health bar you actually increase every time you level up, no matter what. You get plus ten HP or whatever. That's what I. That's why I didn't do that because I thought that was just gonna be with story. But I guess it does increase. It you... increases every time you level up, no matter what. Even if it's like side quest stuff, if you level up, you get mm-hmm. more HP, you get more health, no matter what. Um. But also, I saw like the benefits. Like, oh, like now your bar heals faster when you put it. It heals more when you use the medicine. So I'm like, this is clear. Like, if I don't take this path, I'm handicapping myself on purpose, basically. And then after I invest, I'm at the point now where like on most of the trees, I'm like either halfway through them or like a little less than halfway. The only one I have not invested in it, and that's because it's such a situational thing, is the machine bonding thing. The last one, the purple one. Which is like animal machine mastery, whatever. And I'm like, I really don't use like my ride, the little horn, ram horn thing. Oh yeah, I, I I haven't upgraded that at all. And only because you can only use it in certain parts of the map, anyways. Mm-hmm. I haven't really bothered with that, so that's gonna be like my like once I get annoyed by the traveling, that's probably gonna be the next thing I invest in. But it's mostly spear, arrow stuff, and health. What is what do your weapons look like? Do you have legendaries? Is there is it like the first one where you have like different versions of the same weapon? It's the same weapon, but there's different different tiers. tiers. Yeah, I have just the basic stuff. I didn't I didn't know if All they right. still kept that or not because I go to the stores or whatever, and it's just mostly costumes. Yeah, you have to do the um, the hunting grounds. Where's the hunting grounds in the game? It's, I don't know if they're called hunting grounds. They're like uh, training grounds, hunting grounds. Oh, I did see. But they're that. like it's like a triangle with a spear in it. Or yeah, a gun on is it. that the blue icon on the on the map or no? The light blue icon. Uh, if it's revealed, I think it's blue, and then it turns green once you complete it. Okay, it's light blue for me. Yeah. But if you complete those, I think that's where you get the legendaries. Oh, but dude, it's been so tough, like playing in in, in the hardest. Probably because you're playing on hard mode. Yeah, yeah. But it's like this that, thing. That's not the hardest mode, though, is it? It's the hardest I could choose. Maybe there's something opens up later. Well, because you know, there's five like difficulties. There's like the normal one. There's easy and very easy. And then there's like hard and very hard. All the way. Oh, oh, no wonder you're struggling. So there's this there's difficulty. There's this thing like if you put the hardest mode, everything's gonna be harder, right? Yes. And in order to <laughs> that's get how that works. Uh, well, okay. What I'm trying to say, yeah, obviously. So I'm. I mean, okay, you get it. <laughs> Everyone else gets it. okay, Andrew. So when I put it in hard mode, right? Obviously, yes. The machines are gonna be tougher. Yes. But in order to get a weapon that's gonna be strong enough for a lot of the machines, you need to upgrade your parts. Yes. But in order to get those parts, those parts are on the damn machines. Yeah. It's so circular. Yeah. It's you, like you don't, you don't have experience for the job and you can't get the job without experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm having such a hard time getting the damn parts to get the upgrade that the upgrade helps you beat the damn machine. You, you get it. Yeah. Can you, you, I don't think you can change difficulty during the game. Can you? Well, I'm not going to fucking change that. I don't think you can. I, I mean, maybe you can. I, I haven't bothered checking because. I'm playing it on normal, which is my generally my approach to every single game I played on normal because that is, as I've stated before, 
the developer's intended experience, which is this is the ideal, like not too easy, not too hard. It's the Goldilocks zone right there, right? That's my approach. The Goldilocks zone is what I call it, right? Very easy. Like it tells you like, hey, this is if you just care about the story, nothing else. Then easy is like, hey, this is if you if you haven't really played these type of games. Normal is like, it even tells you right there, like normal is like, like it's the right amount of challenge. It even tells you right there. Well, reason aside from from the game being very intense when you play hard mode, I build grudges with things. I, it could be a character or a machine. There's parts on the map where I see a fucking machine and I fought him and it kicked my ass and I gotta retreat. And throughout the whole game, through the story, I'm like, I will come back for you, motherfucker. Like, like I that will bring elephant. Yes, I will <laughs> upgrade. It's gonna take a while, but I will come back for you. And those grudges. They mean a lot to me in the game. Yeah. So when you're like playing normal mode and you just kill it, it just feels like uh, it, it feels forgettable to me. Cause there's there's battles in Horizon Zero Dawn in That's the fair. previous game. Yeah. That I still fucking recall that were like hard as hell. Basically like, anything that flies for me. The fucking the glint hawks or whatever. The glint hawks. The uh, the storm, giant bird. Stormbird. That one I hated that thing. When I first fought the damn T Rex, like I remember those matches, dude. Is there anything different you're doing from this game compared to the first one, or no? Are you are you still have the same exact like opening approach, like how you approach them? Because I notice, I don't know, maybe it's less effective in this game, but I'm not using the ropes to tie them down nearly as much as I did in the first. I don't game. even have it. You don't have it. I think it's a, it's from a side quest. I think it's 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 got to be somewhere, but I I don't have that. You want to talk about right? Like where you like you shoot them. That's and then the you most useful the weapon. Ground. Yeah. To to me, that's the most useful thing I have. But I. But you don't have it. <laughs> or maybe I have. Maybe you I haven't have assigned it. In the box it. And I haven't, you haven't assigned it. You haven't yet. like hotkeyed it yet. Maybe. Because there is because your weapons are not automatically like when you get a new one, it's not automatically added to your wheel. You have to like place it in the menu. So yeah. you probably have it. Did you check your inventory? I check my inventory pretty often. I've checked it, but I there's there's one weapon that I haven't checked, and it just might be that one. Okay. But yeah. that's it's it's so useful, dude. Especially when you got those fucking birds. I, I that was the thing that made the difference for me when I was like talking about that part where I had to deal with the claw strider things, mm-hmm. where I was frustrated. I finally started using the rope, and that made it so much easier for me, be able to tie them down. And like where they cannot leave this specific area because they're so you're down. using it right now. I started using it, but I wasn't really using it in the beginning when I first got it because I'm like, this doesn't feel as useful as like in the first game where like where you're dealing with one big creature. Mm-hmm. Here it's like you're always dealing with smaller multiple creatures. So it, it, to me, my approach was like it doesn't make sense to tie down lesser multiple creatures really. Oh, to me it does, dude. Well, because there's just so many of them. I feel I feel like there's more enemies in this game than there is in the first one in terms of like um, just pure like on the screen at a time well the thing is a lot of the enemies that i'm fighting it two hits and i'm dead so, yes so if i have a crowd of, i mean not not for me too but it's I, I feel like i die more in this game than i did in the first one yeah but if i have a crowd then i'll take the, i'll take the fucking the anchor or whatever it's called the yeah the pole caster or whatever mm-hmm. if i have like two fucking monkeys on my ass i gotta chain them down because if i'm attacking one and i lose focus of the one in the back i'm screwed yeah yeah a lot of my deaths come from the enemy that I'm not looking at at that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because, like, it takes a while for you to heal. Yeah. But also, I feel like every enemy hits hard regardless. Or, like, not me. It's not two. It's like me. It's like three or four. I think they have more range. But I think there's more range because a lot of the enemies like to jump a lot with their attacks. I mm-hmm. notice. Like, all, pretty much all of them have, like, wide area effect moves where, like, 
if you're just like caught on the edge of it, like you're going to take the full brunt of the attack. But also, I think I think besides that, I do think the the damage they do is very inconsistent. Because sometimes I can take a small hit, and it's like it's just small damage. Yeah, and happens. then I'll get hit by that attack again, and then all of a sudden it does way more damage than before. I feel like they have more range, and they also have combos to them. Like I have, I have, I have been stun locked before. Yeah, I'll have an animal charge me, and then he'll like spin around and throw his fucking tail at me. And then he'll retreat, and then he'll shoot some shit at me. Like, the combinations they're doing are a little much. I also sometimes. think the AI is improved. I feel like the AI is improved in this game. The ME AI is better. Also, fighting humans does not feel as wonky as the first game. Thank God. I haven't improved that section, okay. but that section is, is getting pretty fun. Like, I'll do a, a light damage. I love the combination. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Where then it's light, get... light, light, heavy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And that I'm still, like, at the very top of that skill tree. Mm-hmm. And it's already fun. Yeah, the because that was my major complaint about the first game. Where like you could tell the first game's design around fighting the monsters, the robots, not so much the humans, because it feels like the humans take like a like a like a you know secondary like position. Mm-hmm. Here it feels like when you're fighting the human characters, because I fought like patrols already of like human characters of like the I forgot what Regala's faction is called, but those people, the I don't know what they're called the outcasts, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. I fought them multiple times now, and like the combat feels a lot better, much more responsive than it did in the first game. So that's already an improvement. And then like the combos and the combinations kind of adds to that too, but it feels much more polished. And their skill set is different too. Like a lot of them will just shoot arrows. I've had guys come at me with swords, with gatling guns. Yeah. I, just, I just met a guy with a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ran into a flamethrower one or a poison one, I think. Yeah, they'll shoot. They'll throw grenades at you. There's they vary so much. They also dodge more too, which I kind of yeah. They'll appreciate. dodge and they'll block and they parry. Yeah, they're they're way smarter. I haven't seen parry, but I have seen like where I'll swipe at them and they don't just, they don't just stand there like they do. And in they the also game. got armory pieces too, like the dinos. Like before they were just yeah. whatever, but now they have armor pieces that you could shoot off. Mm-hmm. The mask mostly it's like mask or like protection in the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you run into the snapping turtle yet? The giant snapping turtle? I didn't fuck with him. I saw one. I did not get close. You have to fight one for one of the side quests because I'm trying to do all the side quests. Like, because mm-hmm. I told you, I, I want to get the full experience of this game, so I'm not rushing through the main quest. One of the side quests, the one I mentioned, where you meet this character that who Aloy already knows. It's part of her story where you do have to fight one of the giant snapping turtles. And your experience with the elephant sounds very similar to my experience with the elf with the snapping turtle because it just kept killing me. And killing me over and over again until I finally wisened up and figured out what I was supposed to do with it, which is mainly, well, you know, it's not, I don't think, I don't think strategies for creatures is a spoiler, but it's basically target the weapon so you can use the weapons against it, basically. Yeah. And also, it was really annoying because whenever you do damage to it, it does a thing where it goes underground, like spins around and goes underground just to reemerge somewhere else. And it's just as frustrating even more to fight it at a range than it is up close because it has long range attacks that are uh, yeah. that are not easily like te- like telegraphed. Like it won't like it doesn't do anything special. It just does randomly, which is worse. Yeah, I feel like they have so many assets now, so many weapons. They're so well equipped and like there's less like indications of what they're gonna do. Yeah, and they, some of them have quick time events now. Like the can have you fought a kangaroo? Oh, those things are funny. I like those. They're hard. They hit hard. They surprise. Funny. It, it took a while for me to like see the full range of. They of love to jump around. They yeah, they're tough to shoot because they're like always constantly bouncing. fucking moving. Mm-hmm. They're not just moving across. They're bouncing. Yeah. But I remember uh, I was in a cauldron and I was about to kill one. Right. Yeah. And then this fucker, all of a sudden, he pulls out a fucking whip. 
Which I oh, had no idea. Heard, yeah, he pulls you in and yeah. then kicks off of you. No, yeah, he pulls your ass in, he puts his feet to your chest and then knocks <laughs> you back. Yeah. Which looks kind of cool, I'll admit. It's cool. Because it's a quick time event. It, looks, yeah, yeah, it yeah. looks great. Wait, can you prevent that or break out of it? I don't I don't think so. Oh, okay, we say quick time event, but it tells me like, I got to put like a button press or a prompt or something. Yeah, but so many times that I'm fighting a very specific monster, like there's so many It of just them. interrupts you completely. But yeah, they'll, they'll like... Not only freaking Wonder Woman out here with a golden lasso. It looks good too. Yeah, it all looks great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not only do they have an arsenal of weapons, but they have quick time events and they have different move sets that you just did not expect that they would pull out. Like I didn't know a fucking kangaroo was gonna have a whip. Yeah. Right? What in a, if anything should have like boxing gloves, right? That's like kind of that's kind of like the cultural meme about kangaroos is they can punch right and kick. You don't think them to pull out a Wonder Woman and get to the golden lasso of truth to reel you in and it looks good, but that we that would be dope if it had like a holographic gauntlet. <laughs> like boxing gloves? Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Um Okay, uh, so this is just our first impressions, but I feel like it's been a very in-depth first impression. Yeah, yeah. Johnny, do you do you have any idea of how what's the estimated time to finish the game? I don't know, but it's gonna take me a while too, because I don't wanna run just through the story. Exactly. Because I want to get to a lot of the stuff, the, the side missions, all, all, I want to see all the fucking animals, I want to see all the locations. Right. The and different biomes. All the yeah. different biomes. And if I rush through the story, I'm not going to have that, that feeling of urgency. To if go I back. Beat it. Yeah, yeah. If I go back. Understood. I'm not going to feel like the fucking planet is, is in chaos. Yeah, because you'll reach the climax of the story and everything yeah. else just feels like not as important or as urgent. I get that. Yeah, so I might do like 75% of everything and then complete the story and then go back for the last 25. Yeah. Although I'm going to try to do 100 before I actually complete it. Yeah. But that's going to take a minute. Yeah. Um, Elden Ring comes out like two days from now. There's no way I'm going to get into that game. I'm just not, I'm going to wait until the summer to play it. And that sucks too because that game is getting phenomenal reviews. IGN gave it a 10. Uh, some other sites gave it 9.5. Mostly it's like it's being heralded as like one of the best games of like the last few years. I'm not going to get to it just because Horizon. I don't like jumping around between a lot of games because I kind of I kind of forget what I'm doing, but also because I'm less focused on what's going on. So Horizon, I think I'm pretty much going to play it until the next big release, which for me personally is Triangle Strategy, which is Friday of next week. But somehow I still doubt that I'll be done with Horizon by that point. I think for sure. I think by that point I might just end up juggling the two and just playing them as I feel like playing. Yeah. So that's where that's where I'm at with Horizon. I can't wait to talk about it again once we actually finished it. Yeah, I do want to review it and I don't know if it'll be this in depth, but kind of just wrap everything up, dude. Yeah, it probably will be about the similar length, I think. Yeah, because not only do I like playing it, I really enjoy having a conversation about this game. Which is rare because like we don't really play the same games like at the same exact time. This yeah. is like one of those because I've been hyped about this game for like at least since two months ago. I mean, I knew about this game coming out like more than like a year ago, but once we realized like how close it was, that's when I really started getting excited about it. Yeah, because although this is first impressions, like absolutely go get the game. I fucking love this game. This yeah. is game of the war, game of the year for me. Uh, game unless fucking Ragnarok comes out and it's even better than this. Oh, that's gonna be tough for you. I don't think I'm gonna feel have that issue. I, I think- don't know how I'm gonna feel about that, but. I fucking love it. Go get it. And then the next time we talk about this game, it might be like a full review. But we're also going to get into spoilers. Yeah, this, this is a really good year for games. 2022 is going to be one of those like landmark years. I think the last like 
for me, at least personally, I know a lot of people say 2017 because that's like when the Switch came out. But I think the last like year that felt like this hype for me was probably about maybe 2008, which was another landmark year for like Call of Duty and a bunch of other games that came out that year. Um, so yeah, I can't I I can't wait to talk about more about this game with you once we're like done. I'm hoping we kind of finish the game like probably like, within a, a week's time or like a podcast is worth like that time span. Probably not. I'm going to check in so. with you every now and then just to see like where you're at, just so I have an, a rough idea of where I'm at. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more of Horizon. And yeah, this is such a great year for games. I'm so... Um, I even got into like the stuff from the trailer, which I'm very excited about, Johnny. Like we haven't even got into like the San Francisco West Coast. We haven't seen like that, that dope boss battle. She, oh no, wait, no. We did fight the snake. That's like the first boss. I see, I've seen some of this, but that's because I'm trying to go to the... Uh... To the West. proving grounds. Oh, okay. So I'm like just just going over there and then fast traveling back when I need to. Right. But I'm talking about like the, the scenery, the landscape. I, I can't wait to actually get to the quote west part of Forbidden West yeah, where yeah. we get to see like the actual coastline. And I, I know that's going to be like some of the most amazing. That's probably where I spend most of my photo mode time. Once I get to like the Golden Gate Bridge and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then some of the other locations, which we're not going to mention here, but I told you like you know, you're going to explore this state. You're going to explore the main city in this state and this other place. And, like, it's just, oh, my God, this game is... Thank God that Gorilla saw something here that I didn't see, which was making another... Because I really felt like... Because this game really is, like, almost a direct continuation of the last game, where it's, like, some stuff we thought was resolved is not resolved after yeah. all. And now there is new issues and pop-ups because of the stuff that happened in the first game, so... What? Well, you talking about uh, the Decimal Engine, Gorilla Games uh, Engine? I forgot what it's called. Yeah, I think you're gonna really like Death Stranding, dude. It's the same. Is it engine. the same engine? It's the same engine. Cool. Oh, then, that's right. I forgot. Kojima Toro, <laughs> Gorilla. Yes, you're right. You're right. One thing I wanted to point out is Horizon uh, is using a lot of keyframe, uh, whereas. All right, explain that to me. Like I'm five. Uh, keyframe is um. It's like a long key when you're doing the program, when you're like running the program, uh, you run like they just call them keys, but they're like fractions of timeline and you split them up. But while you split them up, you can move a character's arms or their lips or their head Okay. versus mocap. You, you get what I'm saying? So it's like pre, is it like pre-scripted like motion? Is that what it is? Well, it's a timeline, and during that timeline, you move that person's body around. Okay. And manipulate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas something with Kojima and Death Stranding, they're using mocap. Mm-hmm. So that's where you put all the dots on the face. I know what mocap is. Okay, yes. yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be very impressed with as good as uh, Horizon looks, uh-huh. the Decima engine with mocap looks fucking ridiculous, dude. Because it's basically true to life. Yeah, you're gonna be the seeing. Movement. You're gonna see everybody's face and their expressions are gonna come across like so, so well. You're gonna really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, eventually, sure. you'll you'll get there. But like, I've been playing a lot of different games lately, and like all of them are kind of short. Like I've at this point, having finished Martha's Dead, I'm at, I have 13 games I've completed since the start of this year, and. I've been kind of hungry for uh, kind of like a slow burn, which is exactly what Horizon is for me, where I'm just allowed to exist and occupy this beautiful, gorgeous world in a way I haven't really done in God knows how long. Yeah, you can you can probably beat the game in a week, but if you don't, don't, though, no, no, I don't either. This is really a game you live in. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
Anyways, Johnny, I think that's pretty much the, the, all we played, right? I talked about Martha's Day. We both played Horizon. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm probably just going to talk about Horizon next week because that's all I'm really going to play until we record next time, I think. So I think next week we're probably going to have to come up with some other stuff to talk about uh, to fill up that time. But we're almost at the two-hour mark, so I think we're good right here. Was there any any last stuff you wanted to talk about or anything else you wanted to throw in before we wrap it up? No, no, no maybe no, no. any no, I no ideas, nothing. Have you gotten that cool red outfit? Remember the red outfit I told you about that Aloy has, like we saw in the preview footage. I want to find that outfit because I love that outfit. I haven't bought anything because it's all like rare stuff, and I want the legendary stuff. So, oh, okay. so I don't want to upgrade on the. Have you changed Aloy's look at all, or not really? You have the default stuff. I'm totally default. Everything is really? default. I put on her. I have this like iron mask thing you can put over on her. You have that? Yeah, she has like this like. That's it, the Karja. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's called that like, Karja something something. Yeah. But it's like it's like a metal. She kind of looks like the female Thor in like Thor, kind of like where it's like the. Mm-hmm. It covers like the upper half. It leaves like her mouth uncovered. Yeah, yeah. I love that helmet. Looks so cool. But I want that red, like that poofy red outfit I told you about. It's like that crimson red color outfit. The one in the screenshot set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to know where that outfit is because I want to work because it looks so cool. And like I love getting a new outfit and then going straight to photo, photo mode and kind of like tinker with. Yeah, it. we're gonna have to share. Uh, stuff from oh, i've been mode. tweeting that. i've been tweeting like my images i've been okay. posting out there because there's some like, there's, like i love like i love how you can use photo mode whenever because there's like moments where like i'm in the heat of the action and mm-hmm. like i'm like swinging my spear and like i'll freeze it i'll take photo mode and like you can see like it's i'm taking like photo from like the where like the grass tall grass is like swaying mm-hmm. and then aloy is like in a battle and like a machine is like jumping and it's like yeah i got some i got some dope shots like i have a, a shot where i'm in a bush and then I have a uh, Thunderjaw, and he's that's he, like the saber tooth thing, right? That's the T Rex. Oh, you already ran into one. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So I'm in a bush. There's a Thunderjaw in front of me, but he hasn't spotted me. But well, he spotted me, but he's like preparing to attack. Except he's like on a roar, so he's like a lion, like looking up. Uh huh. But behind him is a sunset. Oh, one of my favorite shots I have is it's a nighttime shot. With the silhouette of a long neck, of a tall neck, or I think it's called mm. tall neck, right? Of the silhouette of a tall neck against the back of a moon. Oh, that's dope. It looks, it, it's like, like, wow. I felt like, 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 I just captured, like, one of the most, like, a real-life photographer, like, I just caught a rare moment. Because it's just mm. the way it's framed. Like, Aloy's not in the frame at all. It's just the tall neck, like, just walk in motion, walking, and then just, like, against the silhouette of, like, the full moon behind its head. And I'm like, oh, this is such a cool uh, it's so good, Johnny. It's so good. I can't wait to see how the game turns out. Like in the end, like after everything's wrapped up and stuff. Do you? Th- we're not gonna get there yet, but I'm hoping that this isn't the last. I'm pretty sure we're gonna get like a third Horizon at some point, somehow. Oh, sure, so. yeah. And it'll be like full PS5, so that I'm excited with the PS5 in mind. Yeah, only right, solely. Yes. Who knows? It might already be by the time the PS6. Maybe who knows? No, no. Now you think so? No, it'll be I'm wondering if the PS5 life cycle is going to be longer than the PS4s or not. I don't think so. No? You think it's going to be shorter? I think it'll be five years. Yeah, well, it's already be... been two. Almost. No. Okay. November no, 20. of 2020. A year and a half. It's already been a year and a half. It'll be five years and then it'll overlap with the next one. That'll be its six year. Because right now uh, the PS4 is running on year number eight. Yeah. 2013. 
No, nine, that ten. Well, it hasn't been a full nine yet. Yeah. But it came out 2013 at the tail November of 2013. Yeah, I think they'll probably be shorter. Yeah, so we'll see, Johnny. We'll see. I can't wait to play more Horizon, so we'll see when we get to run it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with us so far. Uh, I think half of this podcast was just gushing about Horizon, but it's definitely worth, I think it's worth the time because this phenomenal game if you have any comments suggestions maybe you want to tell us about horizon you want to talk to us about horizon uh you can reach us at duo sense uh, podcast at yahoo.com again that's duo sense podcast one word at yahoo.com we don't have any viewer letters or submissions this week but who knows that might change in the future thank you for making it this far uh we appreciate the listenership uh we hope that our enthusiasm for talking about this stuff comes through and hopefully that you know inspires you to listen more or to join the conversation with us maybe reach out to us about it uh if you have any ideas you know where to reach us johnny i think that's a wrap for us any last words before i sign us out uh that's it all right go by thank you ladies and gentlemen have a nice evening and we will see you next week Goodbye. Bye, guys.